Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB and this is the WIA National News Service. Broadcast number two for the WIA year, commencing June the 2nd, 2013. RI, Rotary International, they're on air during June from their convention, the annual convention in Lisbon, Portugal, June 22 to 26. They'll be on air 14.293, 14.287 and possibly 15 metres, 21.293. Special event station, Charlie Romeo 6 Romeo, India, 0900 UTC to 1800 UTC. On the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, pirate operators on the police frequency and they've been caught and charged. More on that later in this bulletin, or if not this bulletin, in the weeks to come here on WIA National News. Analog TV shut down. South East Queensland became a little quieter last Tuesday as the analog TV channels were closed. Eagle-eyed Peter Harding was watching BDQ7 News on the Sunday night and in their flashback segment they did a quick history of the station and spoke with original business manager and engineer Ken Dixon, VK4IW. Now with thanks to Channel 7 program manager Tony Stower, let's eavesdrop to a cut from that broadcast. We're on the air, we're on the air, our program has begun. In 1959, entertainment was beamed into the lounge rooms of Brisbane. There was a hell of a lot of stores that were uh, putting out their television sets on sale. Everybody used to stand around the stores watching the pictures. Kev Dixon was a World War II wireless operator. After the war, he worked for radio station 4BK, owned by the Korea Mail. When the newspaper got a television licence, he put his hand up to head to the top of Mount Cutha and supervise construction of our television tower wanted to be in this new era. It was a fantastic era too. Now the government decreed switch-off time is here, Tuesday at 9am. Analogue television will be no more in southeast Queensland. Some will be tuning in to see static fill the screen. The end of the analogue television signal across Australia, that's just phenomenal. So who will turn off Channel 7 Brisbane's analogue transmitter? Kev Dixon, the engineer who supervised the construction of our tower. That era was the beginning of something really special in our lives. And now to be part of switching it off, I, I think it's, I thank you very much for giving me the offer to do it. A very appropriate choice there. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia's National News Service. Not just what happens, but what matters. In the West... The very special special event station VI-103WIA. It's been on air from the WIA AGM and to find out a little more about last week's activities and how things went behind the scenes, here is Ono, VK6FLAB, and Bob Bristow, VK6POP. Last week, VK6 Amateur Clubs hosted many events as part of the annual WIA AGM and conference. The social calendar kicked off with the Wireless Hill Welcome, hosted by the WAVHF Group, thanks to Terry, VK6ZLT and his team for a well-received outing to the century-old Wireless Hill. For many amateurs, it was their first look at some of the long history of radio in VK6. The WA Repeater Group kept the whole thing lubricated, thanks to Anthony, VK6AXB and the gang. During the day on Saturday, Darby, VK6FONC and Ian, VK6TWJ, hosted the mystery tour and by all accounts they had a hoot. It was reported that some alcohol was consumed and the decibel level rose accordingly. We don't have any evidence of this, save the smiles of those participants and Darby's hoarseness. Also on the social front, the conference dinner with surprise visitor, the Chief Scientist of Western Australia, Professor Lynn Beasley. 
We were awed by her presentation and in return managed to repay the favour by presenting Lynn with her very own call sign. She activated VI6PROF for two hours after dinner. Unfortunately, solar flares wiped out any chance of a contact, but lots of fun was had by all. Thanks to Steve, VK6IR, for bringing out his shack. The Sunday festivities included the Peel Amateur Radio Group, who managed to escape a visit to Fremantle Prison, setting up their mobile shack out the front of the Shipwreck Gallery Museum, thanks to Michelle, VK6MLW, and her team. Many Victor India 103WIA contacts were made before and after lunch at the local fish and chips joint. Dinner at the NCRG was organised at the Neil Penfold State Amateur Radio Centre. Some drool was seen when amateurs noticed the 80 metre foursquare antenna being erected in a nearby paddock. Thanks to Wayne, VK6EH and the crew for making it go off with a bang. Many other amateurs made the social activities possible and they'll get acknowledged personally in the coming weeks. The WIA Annual Conference Technical Symposium on Saturday afternoon provided a wide range of topics to choose from, ranging from the technical to the how we do this sessions. The symposium began with a plenary keynote session where we heard an engaging presentation by Phil VK6APH on software-divined radio. Phil delivered an instructional and entertaining talk that was easy to understand and no doubt he will have encouraged several people to take a look at SDRs in the near future. The symposium then broke into four sessions of three presentations with topics ranging from producing the news through contesting, experimenting, repeater networks, the Traveller's Net, education in amateur radio, summits on the air, antenna myths and catering for foundation licensees. Most sessions were well supported and were designed to deliver a maximum of 15 minutes talk followed by discussion and questions. Well done all contributors for interesting and well presented topics. As the News West team, we create the news every week. We produce our segments, glue them together and combine them into a bulletin. Making the national news during the conference was an altogether different animal. Normally we're pretty much scripted. We have a good idea of who does what, when and how long the whole affair lasts. The conference weekend didn't quite work out that way. When you listened to the news last week, if you were paying close attention, you might have noticed that our voices changed a little toward the end. And that's only part of what went on. We recorded the news to hard disk in front of an audience. About 20 amateurs were sitting not three metres from us as we did our thing. We had a sort of script, which was marked name one, name two, etc. Running out of time prevented the planned search and replace to insert our names. We had planned guests, but had forgotten to have someone on standby to actually get them into the room, so we had a few false starts. Then there were the unintentional jokes. The flubs where a guest might say, good evening, when really you want the news to sound like it's now. We did several takes and had to keep in mind that while all this was going on, time was still ticking over and we still had to make sure that we had 30 minutes of actual content. At 1.30am, Bob and I were still editing the thing together and found out we were nine minutes short. So we had to become inventive and insert vox pops. Then we needed another five minutes of content. So at 2.15am, we interviewed each other about the proceedings. Made it to 29 minutes and 56 seconds, added four seconds of silence and uploaded it at 2.30am. Just in time for the local download scripts to get their copy to send the news out normally. I confess we did make a great mistake. Unfortunately, we lost all the recordings that the audience made. So if you're waiting for your call sign to make it to the news, sorry, we foxtrot uniformed. The success of this year's conference was due to the ability of many clubs to come together to organise different aspects of the event. 
All of this was done by volunteers, so we had to be mindful of the level of effort required by each one. When Ono and I stood up in Mildura, we had a vague idea of what our conference might look like. Basically, we knew it was going to be in Fremantle and was going to be on the last weekend in May, though the latter was up for debate at the time. When we got home, still high from our adventures in VK3, we sat down to figure out what kind of events might make up a successful conference. We knew we needed social events, some technical outcomes, and we had to accommodate the formal AGM activities. Looking for interesting places to hold gatherings, Wireless Hill and the Neil Penfold State Amateur Radio Centre were easy choices. The clubs associated with those venues were obvious. Finding a place for operating a HF station was harder, but some abortive attempts made it serendipitous to contact the WA Museum who welcomed us with open arms. Closing in the gaps gave us an outline, which we then set about filling. Clubs were invited to provide a proposal to cover their selected event. This worked in most cases, though some adjustments were inevitable. Additional support was sought and found, and preparations went well. We did notice that amateurs registering made it particularly hard by registering very late. We had budgeted for 150 people, but two months out we only had 40. We got to 98 in the end, but perhaps some earlier decision-making by the visitors to the conference would help the next conference team. We are immensely proud that our clubs banded together to achieve this event, and we salute you. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. This is John, VK5DJ for the South East Radio Group. The South East Radio Group's 49th annual convention will be held next Saturday and Sunday, 8th and 9th of June, at Mount Gambier. The Australian Fox Hunting Championship will be running over the two days. The first event is a sniffer hunt at 11am on Saturday. Of course, the famous Wayne Kilpatrick Memorial Night Fox Hunt will be held that evening, and again the foxes will do their best to trick the hounds. Will Greg's spinning fox be co-opted again, or is there some other dastardly contraption up Greg's sleeve? The Scout Group headquarters in Margaret Street is a venue for the home brew competition and the trading tables. Good to see Ross there again. Entry fee for the two days is only $5. The hall opens at midday until 3pm on Saturday and from 10am till 5pm on Sunday. A program's on the club's website. Just Google Surge and once on the site, go to the convention page. See you there. Still in the West, Adelaide Hills Tarmac Rally is fast approaching and the South Coast Amateur Radio Club is seeking operators for the AHTR. Held Saturday 22 and Sunday 23 of June. Any help regarding the rally would be greatly appreciated. Those wishing to be involved, contact Steph Daniels, Victor Kilo 5, Hotel, Sierra, X-Ray. VK2, the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's 38th annual field day, takes place at the Port, Port Macquarie next weekend, Saturday 8, Sunday 9th of June. The venue, the Tacking Point Surf Life Saving Club Hall in Matthew Flinders Drive, that's at Lighthouse Beach at Port Macquarie. You can visit the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's website to find out more. Easiest way to find any of the clubs is just to go to wia.org.au and search out the club link. The Timbertown Heritage Park at Warhope on the mid-north coast of New South Wales has a telegraph office fitted with Morse code and it's looking for volunteers to operate the machine during school holidays. Writing in the June edition of the Fist Down Under magazine, Judy Lockwood of Timbertown is keen to talk with anybody interested. You can contact Judy at the address shown in the Fists Down Under magazine or when you check out our website, wia.org.au, and read this week's text edition. Each week, Australia's ABC show Afternoons takes you inside a different club. And this week, Katrina Davidson spent some time with Peter Stevens, the president of the Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society. 
This week, yes, it was the Gold Coast Amateur Radio Society and Peter VK4BT talked for almost eight minutes about AR and even had a live sked with Jamie K86KW over in Hawaii. Again, you can listen to the show at the link on wia.org.au. And thanks to Lynn Swears and also G4TUT Richard for getting us that information that you heard as we whipped around Australia on the WIA National News Service. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, AR Victoria and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. At the top of the news, Graham, VK4BB, brought us news of the switch-off of analogue TV. Well, this year also marks the 85th anniversary of the first transatlantic television transmissions. On February the 9th, 1928, the Baird Television Development Company, BTDC, achieved the first television transmission between London and Hartsdale, New York. The same year, BTDS also demonstrated the first TV transmission to a ship in mid-Atlantic. On July 3rd, 1928, John Logie Baird demonstrated the world's first colour transmission using scanning discs at the transmitting and receiving ends with three spirals of apertures each spiral with a filter of a different primary colour, and three light sources at the receiving end, with a commutator to alternate their illumination. On August 10, 1928, he demonstrated stereoscopic 3D television. The 20,000-strong body that represents Britain's radio amateurs, the RSGB, is pleased to announce that its patron, His Royal Highness, the Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, KGKT, will be joining the Society for Centenary Day at the National Radio Centre at Bletchley Park on the 5th of July. He will meet with members and invited guests before unveiling a plaque to commemorate the centenary. A number of activities, talks and displays are planned in which RSGB members and members of the public can take part during the day. NASA rover exploring Greenland ice shelf. A new NASA wheeled explorer has been released here on Mother Earth. Named Grover, which is an acronym for the Goddard Remotely Operated Vehicle for Exploration and Research, the radio-equipped rover will explore Greenland's ice sheets to better understand how they form and how quickly they may be melting. Grover was developed by teams of students in the 2010 and 2011 summer engineering boot camps at Goddard Space Flight Centre in Maryland, according to a release from NASA. The six-foot-tall, 800-pound vehicle is equipped with ground-penetrating radar that will send pulses into the ice sheet and measure the reflections to tell researchers about the characteristics of the snow and ice layers. While radio-equipped, Grover is solar-powered and semi-autonomous. It began its first mission on Friday the 3rd of May and will continue through Saturday the 8th of June. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Banana Shire region, it can be heard on VK4 RCQ 2 metre repeater on 147 MHz every Sunday morning at 9am. From the Banana Shire Repeater Association, I'm Brandon. VK4 FABB. Operational news on Felix VK4 FUQ, Dateline 2013. 
Vicay shines June long weekend, 0600 hours UTC Saturday, June 8. Ends 0600 hours UTC June 9. Worldwide International Museums weekends, June 15 and 16 and 22-23. 160 m phone and 80 meters 160 m CW and digital trans-Tasman contest, 20 July, 8pm to 2am. Early last month was the Harry Angel Memorial Sprint. Contest manager VK4UH Kevin Johnston joins me. The Harry Angel Sprint Contest was established in 1999 uh, and it was set up to commemorate the life of Harry Angel, VK4HA, who at the time of his, of his passing was the oldest licensed amateur in Australia. The contest runs for 106 minutes, where, uh, one, year, one minute for every year of, of Harry's life. Now, the contest is open to all grades of, uh, of license, uh, anyone who's licensed to operate on 80 metres, and this year we had probably the best uh, number of entries that we've seen for many years. There were 62 entrants across the three categories. And it was very rewarding to see that five of those entries had come from F calls. The contest is run in three sections. There's a CW only section, a mix section, CW and phone, and the phone section itself. Um, I'd like to present to, uh, with my uh, congratulations the results for in those three sections. Uh, in the CW section, the third place this year was won by VK2 India Golf, Mike Downer, and this was a QRP entry, so he achieved a score of 40 points, just running 5 watts. Second position in the CW contest was awarded to VK2 Kilo Japan, Japan uh, and first place, with our congratulations again, goes to VK7 Charlie Whiskey with a score of 50 points. In the mixed section... Third place, we've awarded this year to VK4 Whiskey Radio, uh, Alan Meek, with a score of 78. Second place goes to VK2 Delta Alpha Golf, Matt Hetherington, with a score of 84 points. And first place this year in the mixed uh, entrance category goes to VK4 Sierra November, Alpha Shannon, and congratulations on that. The phone section this year, third place, went to VK4 Yankee Zulu, Charlie Strong, with a score of 73 points. Second position, VK4 Quebec Hotel, Ken Bowden, on 82 points. And first place in the phone section in the 2013 Harry Angel Sprints, being awarded to VK2 Tango Quebec, Peter Richardson, with an amazing score of 92 points. We're very grateful for all of the entrants. Looking across the logs, uh, there were at least 110 stations active on the night of the contest, uh, which is pretty impressive for uh, uh, such a short 80-meter event. The contest will be held next year. It's always held on the first, um, the first weekend in May, and next year, in 2014, it will be held on May the 4th. So make a note in your, uh, in your diaries for that event. As you probably know, the, the Harry Angel now contributes points to the champion, the, the contest champion uh, trophy. And so it's a good place to, uh, to go obtain points in that contest as well. So again, from the Redcliffe Group and from the WIA and from myself personally, congratulate everybody, all the, uh, the certificate winners. Uh, and I offer my thanks for all those who have entered this contest again and certainly guaranteed its continuation for at least the next decade. Thanks all again. This is Kevin, VK4, Uniform Hotel. Special event stations, DX and Vegan and Nerd Advice.
three-decade-old TI9CCC dates finally approved. Billmore NC1L at the AWL DXCC desk reports that an almost three-decade-old operation from Cocos Island has been approved for DXCC credit. According to Moore, over the years some applicants have had the TI9CCC operation rejected in their DXCC application, mostly due to an incorrect date period. Now the issue with the days for this operation has been resolved. If you had this operation rejected and your confirmation falls between February 15 through February 28, 1984, you are invited to reapply. Japanese amateur radio operators celebrate the successful transition from analogue to digital terrestrial TV with the call 8N1TW. Activity continues to the 28th of July. QSL via the Bureau. P29NO-JA2VQP, East Sepik Province, Papua New Guinea, on air to January 2015, whilst volunteer teacher at Divine Word University, WIWAC, CWSSB and RITI. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ, Enningham. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1WIA. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's worldwide special interest group news. And this morning we start with the Q News workbench, the nuts and volts report, measure twice and cut once. Battery technology expanding, be quick or be dead. In 1800, Alessandro Giuseppe Antonio Anastasio Volta invented the first battery, known as the voltaic pile, as a series of single cells. The man with the first four names has opened the door to a new power source which would revolutionise the world. Nowadays, we just want bigger batteries that can be recharged as quickly as possible. Last week I learnt that an 18-year-old Indian girl has invented well, with a bit of help from her supervisor, a supercapacitor which is able to recharge a dead phone battery in less than 30 seconds. Now, that is fast. But I'm sure once it's been successfully adopted, it won't be long before we'll be asking for a five-second recharge. And ever-ready, with battery news here in Australia, researchers have developed a germanium-based battery with five times energy density of lithium-ion. University of Wollongong nano-engineer Professor Zaping Guo is working on improving lithium-ion batteries for use in electric vehicles, as well as portable devices like mobile phones, and a team has just had a breakthrough. They have developed a new germanium-based material with five times more energy storage and the potential to go at least two times farther on a charge than current electric vehicles. We're truly excited about this breakthrough and we're looking forward to transitioning this technology to the commercial marketplace, she said. Clive VK6CSW, who sent WIA News the story, says he's checked out Professor Zapinguo's credentials via the web and that she is one very smart cookie. However, others are also working on similar technologies, so her team may not be the one to win the race unless financial support is forthcoming. Like it or not, the idea will be sold overseas, and whilst Australia may get the credit, the profits will go offshore. Thanks, Clive. And whilst we're with Clive, what's the RAOTC news? Hello, everyone. This is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey, with a reminder that tomorrow, Monday, June the 3rd, is the first Monday of the month, 
and that means that it's time once again for the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia's monthly bulletin. The bulletin is broadcast on a number of different HF, VHF and UHF frequencies throughout the day, but the principal HF transmissions are on 20 metres on 14.150 MHz, firstly at 0100 UTC, beamed northwards from Melbourne for Eastern States listeners, and again an hour later at 0200 UTC, beamed westward for VK6 listeners. Also at 0200 UTC, Chris VK6JI will be transmitting from Perth on 40 metres on 7060 kHz lower sideband. This transmission is intended primarily for Western Australian listeners beyond our linked repeater coverage, but may well be heard by South Australian listeners as well. To find the times and frequencies for your local HF, VHF or UHF relay, please visit the RAOTC website at www.raotc.org.au. Once again, that's www.raotc.org.au. Apart from the usual administrative matters, stories and general information, tomorrow's main feature is about the modern rare earth magnets now widely used in electronics. Everyone, RAOTC members and non-members alike, is cordially invited to listen to this interesting half hour and to join in the callbacks afterwards. So once again, the June RAOTC Bulletin can be heard tomorrow, Monday, June the 3rd. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Thanks, Clive. And continuing special interest group news to ATV. Live TV streaming of HMS Collingwood Open Day. From the UK, live television pictures of HMS Collingwood Open Day on Saturday the 1st of June will be streamed across the internet thanks to the efforts of the Royal Naval Amateur Radio Society Collingwood Club and the British Amateur TV Club. The television pictures will be available worldwide to anyone with an internet connection. The pictures will include the field gun competition featuring 20 teams from across the UK and Gibraltar competing for the Brickwood Trophy, the Royal Navy Raiders parachute display team and many other events and displays. The event will be streamed on the day at www.batc.tv. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier NAE-01 Pegaso is Ecuador's first satellite in space. The Ecuadorian Space Agency, EXA, is trying to pick up signals from its satellite after it crashed in space into debris from an old rocket. The nanosatellite called Pegasus was launched from Jiquan Spaceport in China less than a month ago. It's Ecuador's first and only satellite in orbit. Experts said Pegasus had collided with debris from a Soviet rocket but was still in orbit. It's not yet clear if it's been damaged. Pegasus, a small cube weighing just 1.2 kilograms, has been orbiting the Earth at a height of 650 kilometres, transmitting pictures from space whilst playing recordings of the Ecuadorian national anthem. The Ecuadorian government contributed 700,000 to its launch on board an unmanned rocket. Ecuador is planning to launch a second satellite, named Cryosol, from Russia in August. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. 
communication support events where your help is needed by VK4ZZ. The horse ride people have had to call off the endurance rides in the Townsville area for the rest of the year due to not enough volunteers being available to mark tracks and to help out with ride events. However, there are a number of other events coming up that need your support, so please contact Gavin, VK4ZZ, to help. Worldwide Special Interest Groups VHF and above. Justin Johnson, G0KSC, receives award from RSGB. Innov Antennas Limited founder Justin Johnson, G0KSC, has been awarded the Harold Rose Plate by the Radio Society of Great Britain. This in recognition of Justin's many contributions to 50 MHz antenna technology and the amateur radio community. These included such antennas as the loop-fed array and the optimised wideband low-impedance Yagi. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, here we are, right down at the bottom of the WIA National News Service for another week. I'm Graham VK4BB, reminding you to walk softly, but also reminding you, July, July 20, there are two ham fests, one in VK3 and one in VK4. The VK3 one on July 20 is Gippsland's Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest. The one in VK4 July 20 is Caboolture Hamfest at 9am. And the following week on July 28 in VK2, the Albury-Wodonga Amateur Radio Club's Hamfest at 10am. Now we'll see you at the same time next week right here for the next edition, edition number three of the WIA year of WIA National News. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.